Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 16 of Grow Bud Yourself. You are in for a show. Today, we have the great Swerve from the Cali Connection, award-winning, many Cannabis Cup award-winning seed bank. Uh, We also have me uh, talking about the cation exchange capacity, answering some grow questions, and generally just enjoying the... uh, the cannabis. So stick around for episode number 16, brought to you by Excelsior Extracts. All right, welcome to episode number 16. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. And here you are, Grow Bud Yourself. Yes, 16 episodes of Grow Bud Yourself. Very exciting. Four months. <laughs> It's, it's pretty cool. It is. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look, everybody has an opinion about things. And when you have a show like this one, you know, sometimes uh, you and I both, mostly you, but we both give our opinions sort of off the cuff. We're passionate people. And, uh, you know, and sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. And we love it when our, our listeners interact with us. But, you know, we sometimes do get... Uh, responses that aren't always glowing or um, praising us. So we, I think it would be kind of interesting if we uh, we read one of those responses and you had a, a opportunity to respond to it. Sounds good. Sounds good. I think this one comes from our Patreon page. Yeah. Yes. This is from our Patreon page uh, from Carolyn. And uh, she writes, uh, I'm disappointed in the anti-meat rant. Meat and the fat Uh, in it is not bad for your heart. It's mostly sugar that's the problem. Uh, Heart disease rose to prominence once sugar readily became available. If you do a little research, a la Lester Greenspoon, you'll see that it's more of a disease of Western civilization. The meat-centric diet uh, the Inuit has was not a problem. They didn't develop heart problems and diabetes till they adopted the Western diet. So Carolyn uh, takes issue. She has thrown down the gauntlet. Um, how, how would you like to respond? Um, well, first of all, I mean, it wasn't an anti-meat rant. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of an anti-prohibition rant. Although, you know, I did lump in red meat with other things that were worse than cannabis for your heart, um, which I still do believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I eat red meat. And so, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here and say, you know, uh, but, but, you know, the truth is, I don't think that, you know, the fat from, from red meat is, is good for you. Um, but, uh, you know, I was also talking about sugar, uh, also nicotine, also a lot of other things that are very bad for your heart. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, point taken. Um, I'm assuming, uh, you're probably a proponent of the, uh, whole paleo <laughs> diet. And, uh, I think, and that, you know, that's when you just eat red meat, right? Right. Actually, yeah. uh, Owsley, the, uh, the great acid pioneer, was a big proponent of uh, the paleo diet. He did not believe in human beings eating uh, you know, leafy greens and vegetables and things like that. He, he was an all-meat guy. He you know, lived into his 70s. an interesting fella. Yeah. Yeah. It took a lot of acid, too. <laughs> yeah. That's right. 
Yeah. So, um, okay. Well, thank you for, thank you, Carolyn. You know, I, we always appreciate, um, you know, people reaching out to us with information and I get, uh, I get your point, you know, it is definitely sugar is, is, is far worse. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, red meat is, is also not so great. If you check out something called the, the China study, you'll see that, um, a lot of the things that people have in common, um, that have heart issues is, uh, they eat a lot of red meat as well, you know? So, um, you know, I think everything in moderation, right. Except cannabis, <laughs> which, yeah. uh, again, is not nearly as bad for your heart as many, many other things are, including alcohol, sugar, tobacco, and meat. Uh, and meat. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Um, but thank you for interacting with us and, uh, you know, we do appreciate it. Um, I think um, she had some grow questions as well that maybe we'll answer in a future episode. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, yeah, no, like you said, very, very cool to hear from our listeners, uh, even maybe especially when they don't agree with us because that, that, you know, turns into a conversation, makes us think a little more. And um, yeah. So thank you for writing. And, uh, you know, another thing that we like to do on this show is give recommendations to our listeners. Um, and, and we would love to get their recommendations, things that they think are worth uh, watching or reading or eating or drinking. So um, what do you say? Would you like to do a recommendation uh, this week? Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, actually, you know, uh, the recommendation is for uh, Friday, tomorrow. Uh, we're taping this on Thursday, the 13th. Um, it is the UEFA Champions League match between Barcelona and Bayern Munich. Uh, it's a big match, you know, best of eight. And I'm a big fan of Messi's. If you guys listen to the podcast, big Barcelona fan, big Messi fan. And I think uh, Messi's going to show us what it's all about uh, in this game. Uh, interesting that Real Madrid was, was defeated today, actually, um, by Manchester City. So, uh, you know, they won't be a threat the way that they won uh, La Liga this year uh, over Barcelona. So that's my recommendation. Watch Leo Messi and the rest of the Barcelona squad take on Bayern Munich uh, Friday, August 14th in their first matchup. They'll play again later in the month as well. Um, that's my recommendation. If you want to see a living legend, um, a soccer god, the greatest player of all time that ever kicked a ball, uh, in his lifetime, you know, like if you want to see him perform, uh, at his highest peak, check out that show. Nice. Yeah. And you are like for real, a, uh, not only a soccer fan, but a messy fan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, after having traveled over to Barcelona a few times for Spanibus and, and, and other events and things, um, yeah, I just sort of, uh, you know, fell in love with the city, fell in love with the team and uh, truly, you know, do think that uh, Leo Messi is the greatest player of all time. Uh, if people want to write me about that, please do. Um, it's an ongoing debate, but I do think uh, he really is the greatest. He's unstoppable. Um, he's now 33 years old and still at the top of his form. And I do think, uh, you know, they have a chance in the Champions League, uh, especially now that Real Madrid is out. So... Yeah, I'm a big fan. And I think, you know, if you have the opportunity to see someone who's the best at what they do in real time as they're doing it, I think, you know, if you're watching Michael Jordan perform or, or if you're, you know, wh whatever it is, even if it's the violin, you know, but that's someone who's tremendously talented and amazing at it, then uh, do yourself a favor and enjoy that because we are, we're lucky to live in a time when we can 
watch Leo Messi play. And the day that he retires will be a very sad day for for uh, the game. And uh, you know, I think you know it, it's just uh, it's just a pleasure to watch him play. You know, fuerza Leo, fuerza Barta. Yeah, you've mentioned this uh, this obsession you have with Messi multiple times on the show. Most we have recently, of, I think, yeah. with uh, with Jorge Cervantes, Jorge. who I believe shares this uh, obsession with you. Absolutely, Jorge is one of the people who I sort of inherited this uh, <laughs> addiction from, uh, and yeah, we're just big fans. Uh, he's he's a soccer god, uh, is Messi, and uh, yeah, we have a lot of international listeners. So I'm hoping you know we get some response uh, from people in the UK or people all over the world that uh, that are interested. I know not as many Americans follow the game, but I think that's changing as well. And I hope that's changing because it's really, uh, you know, it's an amazing game and he's an amazing player. So that's my recommendation. What about you, Mike? You got one? I do, yeah. Thank you for sharing that one. And, you know, uh, just really quick, uh, people, regular listeners of the show probably know that every uh, – Every four episodes or so, we have our good friend, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, on the show to talk about uh, the psychological aspect of cannabis and other things in the news. Um, Unfortunately, uh, he was not able to join us this week, but he will be back uh, very soon. But because of that, we had to kind of throw together uh, what we were going to talk about in the intro. So I didn't have a ton of time to really consider my recommendation, but something I always feel comfortable recommending is uh, David Byrne. Uh, And... If you are a fan of David Byrne, The Talking Heads, etc., I I highly recommend, I actually I insist that you go and get his book How Music Works. Uh, it's a excellent read. It you know, it's part autobiography, a bit of like um, music theory, music history, um and just how it it interweaves in life and art and all aspects of uh, society. So, you know, if you're interested in the Talking Heads or the, um, the 70s uh, avant-garde scene, David Byrne, musical genius, uh, his solo career, also outstanding. So check out How Music Works. And if you're feeling really bold, pair it with uh, Stop Making Sense, which I believe is the uh, greatest concert film ever made. And Incredible. I know there's going to be some, some people disagreeing with me, but that is my pick hands down for the best one. So. Yeah, I mean, definitely most innovative for sure. Uh, incredible, incredible movie, and incredible band. I mean, the Talking Heads. I got to see uh, David Byrne at Bonnaroo actually performing with a, a string quartet, and it was quite moving. Quite, quite a fantastic uh, performance. Very emotional and, and and deep and heavy and and beautiful. Just beautiful. Um, so you know, with the Talking Heads stuff, with the everything that he's done with international types of music and he, yeah, he is just incredible. So I will be checking out that book myself. Yeah. He, you know, we're, you know, a little short on time here, so I'm not going to get into it right now, but, um, he had a musical on Broadway back, you know, before, um, fun ended (laughs) (laughs) pandemic. And, um, we, my my girlfriend and I kind of got ripped off trying to get tickets to it, so we weren't able to see it. But good news, apparently Spike Lee is uh, making a film of that musical, which is going to come out on HBO later this year. So everyone will have a chance to see American uh, Utopia. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough ticket to get, Oof. for sure. Yeah, tell me um, <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. David Byrne. So those are our recommendations. Um, 
But I gotta just it, say, yeah. though, concert films, I mean, The Last Waltz. Last Waltz. Gimme Shelter. There's a few also pretty good, good ones out there. Sure. A, a bunch of them, yeah. I know. And I know... But well, Stop I Making Sense we, is up there in... I would love yeah. to hear what our listeners think, and uh, we could respond to it. I know there's a bunch of great ones, but, you know. Anyway, uh, those were our recommendations, but we also have an excellent interview. Um, maybe you'd like to to tell the listeners a little bit about what they can expect. Yes, actually, this interview was taped at the Hawaii Cannabis Expo um, earlier in the year before all of this uh, sort of befell upon us. Uh, one of the last events I went to, I think it was maybe maybe it was December, actually, but uh, it was in Hawaii uh, at the Cannabis Expo. And uh, it's Swerve from the Cali Connection. So, you know, multiple Cannabis Cup award-winning genetics. And uh, I got to sit down and talk with, talk with Swerve uh, at the event. So there's a little bit of, you know, sound uh, quality there. But, uh, but yeah, very interesting guy. Uh, like I said, he's won a ton of awards. And, and we got to talk a little bit about the strains and, and what he does and, and what the Cali Connection is all about and bringing all the, you know, the cushions basically to the marketplace and stuff so um interesting guy interesting chat and uh like i said you know award-winning incredible genetics at the cali connection so stick around after yeah, we, this break just before we we break we should be clear um there are sound issues with this uh, you know as dan mentioned it was recorded in a very crowded uh, indoor space but we just thought you know it was really worth getting this information out to everybody because swerve is such a great interview uh so you know a little bit of sound issues, but if you if you stick with it, I think you'll be rewarded. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll get Swerve on uh, a, a future show as well to tell us what's been going on since, uh, you know, since back then. But, uh, yeah, check it out. I hope you guys enjoy and uh, stick around for Swerve from the Cali Connection. I'm very well, thank you, Danny. How about yourself? I'm good, I'm good. I'm excited to be here. We're at the Hawaii Cannabis Expo. Um, so, you've been uh, a breeder for many years now, over a decade or maybe two, right? And, uh, over a decade. Yeah, tell me a little bit about, uh, <laughs> tell me how you got your start as far as, you know, cannabis and breeding. Uh, basically, back in 2002, 2003, I... I honestly just got tired of paying shit tons of money for good weed in Cal in Los Angeles and I had a friend who had access to some clones he was starting to grow so I decided to take him up on his offer and started to grow and from there it kind of yeah passion kicked in it, it kind of translated into me growing up and always being agriculturally um involved with the land and growing stuff peppers zucchini tomatoes etc i grew up in an italian household so it's kind of a natural thing and uh growing up on some property also helps and then uh, yeah i just progressed from there started collecting different genetics searching for the holy grail and as you know and as i found out there's really no holy grail in marijuana. You find something where you think's the best, and then you find something where you're like, nah, you know what? This is actually a little bit better. And uh, so that was the goal was after that was to progress and started collecting genetics 2004, 2005, started releasing the genetics. 
um, that I started acquiring. That was when I first met Chemdog in 2006. Acquired all the Chem family, 2007 range, and honestly, and that's that's where it all kind of kicked off and began, providing genetics to the clubs in Los Angeles before modern-day marijuana industry existed. Here we are, modern-day marijuana industry, right? It's wild to think. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it all kind of came about, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I mean, from my memory, um, you were one of the first person to really release, uh, you know, push genetics to the public. I mean, at the time, it was like this this unheard of, you know, kind of thing that you had to be in the know um, to get the real, like, OG and, and all those pushes. And then uh, I feel like, you know, you were able to actually, like, uh, sort of democratize the push in a way and get it out to the people. Is that what's... Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, for the most part, I, I definitely would take complete and utter responsibility for that. You know, I, I and it it came down to the fact of, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, $100 for a, an eighth of weed, and this shit was the bombest weed that you ever got to smoke. Trust me, this shit was some of the best OG Kush ever. And, and that's really what it came down to, $500 ounces of weed. And, you know, I got denied um, clones from a guy who had to kill. He was bragging about the fact that he had to kill a few thousand clones, or a few hundred clones, excuse me, because uh, he had some heat from the cops. And I was like, yo, I'll, I'll, I'll take one. I'll buy one from him. And he's like, no, man, I'd rather kill it than let it out. And that right there was kind of like that realization of, okay, hold on here. We need to let this out of the bag. This cat's got to go. And uh, that was the goal, was to, to do that. We first did that with the pre-98 Bubba Kush. Then we followed it up with the Tahoe OG Kush, the SFV OG Kush. Then the Larry OG Kush came after that. And the floodgates were open. <laughs> you know, I think it's important that people understand that, you know, strain hoarding really, you know, doesn't do justice to the plant. And we've lost a number of amazing strains over the years because of that hoarding. So... You know, uh, the haters do need to realize that, like, this is a really important to, to, to share genetics and spread around the good stuff so that people know and have an understanding of what, you know, really high-quality cannabis is. And that's not just high-THC content. No. Now, uh, speaking of which, I mean, you're also a medical patient, right? Yep. I mean, uh, tell people a little bit about uh, cannabis and medicine for you personally. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I, I am first a patient advocate. You know, uh, originally came into it because I'm half blind. I have five eye diseases, uh, pars planitis, uveitis, macular edema, macular degeneration, and glaucoma. I've had, you know, my vitreous humor cut out of my eyeball, literally, and replaced it. I mean, yeah, some crazy gnarly stuff, but that was that. And then in right when I turned 30, I became a multiple sclerosis patient when I first got diagnosed with MS and it's been one of those things to fight the utter yeah man I'll just go out there and say it. to fight the, uh, the uh, pharmaceutical companies because you know what I watched my mom who has MS as well literally give herself an injection every week of her life for a good 15 years I mean, think about that. Could you imagine giving yourself a shot every once a week? I know there's people that have to do that daily for insulin and so forth, right? Because they're dependent upon it. Now we can find a way that we can provide something to everybody that it, 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 
they won't have to be reliant on pharmaceuticals. And that was kind of the goal. Once all of a sudden I realized marijuana had that ability to help an MS patient or a glaucoma patient or an AIDS patient, a cancer patient, or just somebody who has horrible tremors, aches, pains, anxiety, etc. Like it, it, it's an, I mean, it's the all-around batter right there. You know, it's really the the all-around player on the field. Right, right. Now, um, you also now, I mean, you travel all around the world. We've been to Spain yep. and Amsterdam and all over. Yep. Um, tell me a little bit about like you know where Cali Connection has taken you and uh, you know what you, what your plans are for the future as well. Well, first thing I'd say is what my dad always told me. He said, "Son." That shit's going to get you nowhere. And then I looked at him and said, Dad, I did 200,000 miles on the road last year because I did an event in Amsterdam, then back to America, then to New York, and then, or not to New York, to Michigan for a cup, then back to California, then to San Francisco, back to California, then to Spain, then back to, you know, I, mean, try, I mean, I'm in Hawaii right now because of marijuana. I've been in some um, places that I never in my life thought I'd ever be because of marijuana. And... It's ultimately, yeah, man, it's because of, of support from people like yourself, Danny, who's, who's written about us and, and me and my company and, and has allowed us the ability to, to be out into the public eye instead of being hidden like we used to be. Now we have that ability. So from the future, you're going to see us continue to push. We're on a countrywide push right now in the states to get as many legal states, uh, farms in those states as we can so we can have our genetics legally in the markets of uh, the recreational markets and then we're pushing really heavy we'll be at uh, Canapa Roma in uh, or Canapa Mondi I think it is I don't know in Rome and then we'll be in uh, Spain uh, for uh, Spanibus in Barcelona so you know continuing the worldwide uh, determination and domination and uh, yeah just pushing across the country trying to trying to spread the Cali connection get everybody connected uh, get connected you guys uh, and they can get connected by checking out thecaliconnection.com. And, you know, uh, what about uh, social media, Instagram? What's the, uh... So we got our Twitter, which is Swerve Swervin'. We have our Instagram, which is the Real Cali Connection Seed Co. And the Cali Connection Seeds. And then uh, we got our website, like I said, thecaliconnection.com. Check us out today. Don't forget it. And always remember, get connected. And you have some new strains here on the menu here that I've noticed as well. Uh, Black Kush, Island Punch, Jupiter OG, and Lemon Tart. That is awesome. And uh, again, you were mentioning you know, me writing about you. You've won multiple top 10 strains of the year. Uh, you're in the Seed Bank Hall of Fame. Uh, so it's pretty amazing how far we've come from you know sitting around Amsterdam with right. a dream and... and and then now, you know, traveling the world. Another important thing is that your genetics have traveled all around the world. People in Spain and all these places are growing Cali Connection. How does it feel when you show back up at some place and people bring you flowers, you know, of, of stuff that, you know, they, they picked up seeds from the, the year or two before? You know what? That's one of the probably most gratifying things of the of parts of the industry and of doing this job. Is yeah, when somebody shows up, it's like even uh, two days ago, our friends, our local buddies here, came up and handed us some sugar mill from our uh, gold line, and it was some of the most triked out, uh, exactly to its name, bud that we've seen on the island. A little moist, give it because obviously the humidity here, but aside from that, 
Like it's you can't beat that. We're one of the only like you know we get a we get a reap essentially what we sow. We're sowing the the beans of the next generations of growers, next generation of uh, suppliers, next generation of medical uh, patients, medical uh, providers, and the next generation of large scale marijuana producers. You know that's the future that we're all providing the ability to do. What's your favorite strain in your uh, in your oh. seed line? It's hard to say, isn't it? It's like picking yeah. a favorite kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be impossible. But no, to me, uh, I'm a tried and true. I always go to my OGs, so I'm a Tahoe fan. Yeah. And then uh, if I'm going for flavor and and room smell, it's the 22. Always my 22. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, hey, thank you very much for sitting down with me. Um, I know it's busy here at the, at the expo. Uh, slinging some seeds out here, making sure Hawaii uh, is you know laced up with Cali Connect. I know you also say it all. It all starts from a seed. Yeah. So um, thank you for everything that you do. You know we've lost a lot of pioneers along the way. We gotta yeah. you know shine light on the people who who are, are here and have done the work and and are spreading you know cannabis, the genetics, the information. Um, just one last thing. Uh, what do you think? What's a what, what's a grow tip that you, you think people really should should you know take to heart? Uh, you know something that you know you, you just want people to know about cultivation. I'm gonna go with the same thing that I tell everybody. I'm repetitive on this. I think if you go back and look at all the panels that I've been on with you and all that stuff, I'm gonna say it and say it and say it and say it and say it. Patience, patience, patience. Understand, you're gonna fail, and don't give up persevere you're gonna keep pushing through it's a plant beat it up you're gonna learn it's gonna get beat up don't don't worry about failing your first run's not gonna be the knock out the park five pounds that you were hoping for it's gonna be like that five seven maybe if you're lucky eight grams of weed but it's gonna be some of the best weed you've ever smoked because you're the one that grew it so remember that stick with it don't don't worry about failing failure is a part of this so be patient be patient, and you will persevere and grow, and I promise that. All right. Well, take that to heart, you guys. Thank you very much, Swerve. Thanks for coming on the show. You're always uh, a great guest, a great panelist, and a great person. So thank you for everything that you do. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. And real quick, sorry, guys. Real quick shout-out. Just like you said, we're losing pioneers daily, man, and we got to remember, stay with things. Live life for right now because you know what? We lost Subco recently, ripped a sub. He wasn't really like a, a, a super friend of mine, but he's a colleague in the industry, and any colleague still deserves respect from fellow colleagues of the industry. So shout out to his family, to everybody that were close to him, Ms. Jill, all those involved. Respect to him for his, you know being a pioneer of pushing people like me to follow in his footsteps of an of a American seed breeder and an American seed brand. Alright, thank you very much. Take it easy. Thank you. Alright, you guys. I just want to talk really briefly about a wonderful company called Excelsior Extracts. It's our friends, the original Outcast and T O H. Uh, Excelsior is spelled E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R extracts. Uh, they have an amazing THC infused pain rub, a lot of incredible products, but the pain rub is the most effective topical I have ever used. It's because Outcast herself 
is a patient and she needs very, very strong um, topicals. So she makes this THC infused pain rub that absolutely works and takes away the pain. So uh, give them a follow on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts, or you can email them directly at Excelsior Extracts at gmail.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, thank you to Swerve from the Cali Connection uh, for that chat that we had back uh, at the Hawaii Cannabis Expo. And yeah, I think here we are in the cultivation section now, right, Mike? Yeah, it's time to, to talk a little cultivation. And uh, as, as listeners of the show know, uh, we generally start these things off with a grow topic that you convey for our listeners. So, so what do you have for us this week? Yeah, this is a weird one. Um, it's called cation exchange capacity, um, mm. also CEC. Um, and I, you know, learned about this um, just basically learning about soil science um, and soil particles and, and how to improve soil year after year. Um, so this is really, um, you know, it's a measurement of how many cations, uh, or cations can be retained on soil particle surfaces. Um, so basically, um, what it boils down to is that there's many different elements in soil, uh, and many of them are positively charged. So like potassium, calcium, magnesium, you know, these are nutrients that we feed our plants, um, and they happen to be positively charged, um, zinc, you know, iron, things like that. Um, and positively charged elements are called cations. I used to say cations because I didn't know how to pronounce it, uh, but it's actually cat a cation. And now soil particles themselves uh, are negatively charged. So you have these positively charged uh, cations and you have negatively charged soil particles. And just like a magnet, you know, uh, to a, you know, a positive and a negative uh, metal and a magnet are attracted to each other and they attach to each other. And this happens in with your soil and with these cations, um, the positively charged elements, um, which feed your roots. Okay, so if you have a high cation exchange capacity level, um, which we'll talk about measuring and all of that, um, but if it's high, um, then you basically uh, that'll keep elements from seeping down and away from the roots, basically, when you're watering. Um, you're not washing away those elements because they're actually stuck to the soil particles. Um, so, you know, it's the measurement of a soil's ability to hold cations. Um, and what happens is uh, if you have a really like a sandy, uh, loose soil um, is that you'll have a very low uh, cation exchange capacity and you're, you won't be utilizing those nutrients because they'll be washed away. Now, you know, this also has to do with the pH of the soil as well, you know, because um, the positive and negative charges are affected by that. So increasing pH um, increases the variable charge as well and also increases your CEC or cation exchange capacity. Um, I'm not going to get into all the details of how it's measured because it's pretty complicated. Um, you can check it out just by, you know, Googling the words. Um, but you know, you, you want a higher, uh, capacity, um, and you want that, uh, and you can do that by basically adding organic material, basically just, you know, compost, 
anything that 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 takes a loose soil and makes it you know more uh, more sturdy uh, and solid so you add organic material on top I don't recommend tilling personally um, you just add that compost on top let the worms do the digging and you will increase that ratio um, and you'll be able to uh, actually utilize the nutrients that are there um, rather than have to add more and more all the time and what what happens is you know you you, you avoid toxicity uh, of those nutrients so uh, you know basically uh, you know you you want to send your soil away to be tested for this um, and you know have a laboratory give you that number uh, and then you want to just continue to increase that number um, there's ways to measure it yourself but it's imperfect so um, just remember that you know uh, a soil that's like uh, clay and 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 more solid will have a higher uh, cation exchange capacity but at the same time uh, you know will also be a soil that, that holds water for a long period of time as well um, so that's why compost improves both a clay soil and a sandy soil um, because it basically just loosens the clay soil, uh, allows for those particles uh, to actually reach your roots and roots to reach those particles. And uh, with the sandy soil, it, it, it you know, thickens up that sandy soil and allows um, it to hold water uh, and increases your cation exchange capacity. So I uh, got a shout out uh, Subcool as well for um, letting me know uh, a little bit about this back in the old overgrow.com days uh, in the 2000s. Um, and, you know, he asked me about it. And, uh, you know, that's when I started doing some research to understand um, how those positive and negative uh, charges uh, relate with each other and how to increase them and thus have a better soil, even without adding actual nutrients. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so much that goes on there with your soil that, uh, you know, so many of us don't even think about um, that that has so much to do with the end product that you end up producing. But let me just ask, you know, say you're um, a home grower who maybe doesn't have the ability to have a laboratory test their soil. Are you just basically looking for signs of a healthy soil that it's not too sandy, that it, it does retain water? Yeah. I mean, you want a soil that... Uh basically when you squeeze it if it's wet when you squeeze it um you know the moisture comes out of it uh and it sort of goes back to its original shape doesn't stay like stuck like a, a piece of clay and that's why people add things like perlite um to their soil to loosen them up but again um, compost is one of the best things you can do um solid compost and then you know using compost to make compost tea as well that you can feed uh, those plants um is a really you know effective uh, mild but a very effective way to feed your plants and 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 tough to burn them with something like that as well which you know I, I, like i said uh many times a lot of people are burning their plants with way too much nutrients and um so this is a way that you improve the soil and uh and thus get healthy plants without having to add more nutrients and um you know that's been my mantra for a long time is like use use as little as necessary to get the job done because you're going to be consuming that product. You don't want it to be, um, you know, burning like a piece of charcoal. You know, you want a nice clean white ash, and, and that's indicative of feeding lightly and not overfeeding plants, which is a major, major thing in cannabis. I would say 99% of the plants, you know, cannabis plants out there are overfed. 
um, as you can see when you see the burnt leaf tips. All right, very good. Uh, so our regular listeners know last week uh, we decided to get into a uh, shopping list for beginner growers, and that took up pretty much the entirety of our cultivation section. But this week we are back with questions from our listeners. And uh, if you have a question that you would like answered on this show, please get in touch with us. Uh, email is the best way. That is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, what do you say we dive in with some questions from listeners? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. First up is D-Man, who writes, uh, hey there, young lads. Hmm. I don't <laughs> know how young we are anymore. <laughs> anyway, I have been sifting trim to create keef using a 160 micron bubble bag. I use this size to capture all the trichomes uh, from 120 to 125 mics. Would you agree on this size? Also, how difficult would it be to make a screen to sift other than using a bubble bag? And if so, uh, where can I purchase a screen that size? Thanks much. Keep on keeping on. So what would you say to D-Man? Yeah, um, I think 160 is a great uh, micron size. Um, I know our friend uh, Bubble Man, Mark, uh, he does 165. So very, very similar size um, for his dry sift uh, screens that he sells, um, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh yeah, I think that size is great. I think that you're going to get the most gland heads. You just have to be aware, um, you know, that you want to, you know, if you're doing this as dry sift, you want to continue to sort of card that material over and over until you get all the contaminant particles out, you know, even gland stalks, um, any leafy material, anything that's not a gland head itself, um, and get yourself a really nice loop or magnifying glass or some way to really get in there and, and, and look and just see those gland heads. And you can see lots of uh, examples of that at, at uh, Bubble Man's site. As far as buying the screen yourself, I would recommend just getting it um, already made from uh, bubblebag.com, which is Mark's website. Um, he's got all different sizes of dry sift screens um, at that 165 micron uh, you know, range. And he's also doing this, you know, this isn't like silk screening for t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, where you'll get little pieces of the, the screen itself, you know, coming through and, and fraying and things like that. No, this is like perfectly made just, just for the purpose of dry sift for cannabis. So you can go to, you know, the art supply shop and get a uh, silk screen and build one of these yourself if you, if you so choose. Um, but I would just, you know, bite the bullet and buy it directly from Mark and, and, and know you're getting a high quality uh, product because you really just want the gland heads. Uh, if you're if you're interested in dry sift um, so check out bubblebag.com he's got a bunch of different sizes there um, he's got the tumble now machine if you're doing that sort of uh, dry sifting as well and tons of bubble bags as and as usual you know of course so that's my recommendation for um, dry sifting sizes 160 165 is a good micron size and uh, bubblebag.com is a great place to get a screen all right, very good. Uh, thank you, D-Man. Let's move on to our next question. Hey, Danny and Mike, this is Jeff from Southern Alberta coming at you with another question. Uh, when it comes to dead bugs or shedded skin, such as juvenile aphids or adult aphids stuck Ew. to trichomes... Ew. Yeah, it's gross, right? <laughs> it's very gross. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to those aphids stuck to trichomes during harvest time, uh, what is the best way to get rid of them? Can you wash buds off or shake the hell out of dried buds? Uh, what do you think is the best option? 
Cheers from Canada. Keep the show going, and thank you. Uh, what would you say to Jeff with his very disgusting question? <laughs> yeah, dead uh, bug skins on his flowers. Yeah, I mean that's it's unfortunate that that's occurred. Um, you know that that you know the infestation wasn't dealt with, and that the those things remain uh, on the plant. I I don't really have much of a recommendation for getting rid of them because. Uh, you know, the essential oil and the trichomes are pretty sticky. Once those things are on there, it's pretty difficult uh, to get them off. I mean, if you're really invested in saving the flowers um, for consumption, maybe you can get in there with some tweezers and pull those things off one by one with a, with a magnifying glass or, or a loop or even like a microscope. Um, I would potentially consider making hash out of those flowers um, because, you know, the, the bug skins are not going to come through into the hash, uh, you would hope. So maybe some type of an ice water extraction uh, uh, or, you know, dry sifting um, the flowers after sort of breaking them up a, bit, a bunch. Um, that's what I would recommend. It's an unfortunate situation to be in. And uh, I certainly don't want to smoke flowers with dead bug skins and, and bodies in them or on them. So... Uh, you know, people act out of necessity or, you know, other reasons. But, uh, you know, to me, if, if I had an infestation that was that bad um, towards the end, you know, I think I would ideally just get rid of those flowers and start again and, and do a deep clean of this of the growing space and really try to avoid um, getting those pests, you know, having that many there to begin with. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Um, but we hope that helps, Jeff. I know it, it's a tough decision when you realize after all of that work that, that the buds may not actually be, um, you know, usable, but sometimes you do have to bite the bullet and, uh, you know, admit defeat to the yeah. aphids, be they yeah. junior or adult. Um, let's move on to our next one. This is an anonymous email. Uh, it reads, hey, Mike and Danny, first time, long time. I purchased a BC Northern Lights Roommate Royale package based on the previous recommendations from way back in the free weed days. A along the same lines as the Grow Shopping list, done in episode 15, for tents, I'd like a list for confined space growing, keeping in mind that I have the basics like light, fan, CO2 filters built in. A great show, please never stop. So... Uh, what would you say if you, you maybe have some recommendations for confined space growing? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would do is get a really good uh, set of snips or clippers. Uh, I like the Chikamasa uh, snips from Japan. Uh, really, you know, ergonomic, uh, work really well. I mean, these are what, what bonsai uh, growers use uh, for their bonsai trees um, because they really can get right in real close. And I think if you're growing in a small space uh, and you're trying to take advantage of all that space, you're gonna be doing a lot of uh, pinching, pruning, trimming uh, to get the most you know, flower tops, colas, as you can once you start flowering. Because you are definitely in a confined space uh, inside a grow box. But uh, the good news is if you, you know, veg those plants out a little longer and do this like kind of almost like bonsai trimming, um, you will yield way more out of that small space. Um, since you have everything else, it just, it seems like, you know, the, the most important things are, you know, 
ways to see in those small spaces. So I would get yourself uh, some uh, Method 7 glasses for whatever lighting system that you have in there um, so that you can really get close to the flower, uh, flowers, get close to the leaves, um, get close to the plants and really check them out uh, and, you know, be able to train them into the, the these small spaces that you have. Um, so, you know, some, some method seven glasses and, and a loop or uh, magnifying glass or some way to, you know, magnify uh, the situation because you're in a small space, you need to get small yourself and, and really um, look at the undersides of the leaves uh, and, and, you know, plan for some stretch as well. I mean, this is something people forget about, but even when you induce flowering on a plant, uh, the plant continues to grow for several weeks as as though it's in the vegetative stage you know it's, it's some plants can grow a foot or two um, during that time so if you're just assuming that the the day that you cut that cycle to 12 12 those plants just begin to form flowers and not continue to grow um, and you're not making up for that space during that stretch um, you're going to be approaching disaster when the lights get too clo too close to the flowers and you get that bleached burnt uh, tops, you know, these are your top colas and you don't want them to be bleached and burned by the light. So factor the factor in that, um, and, you know, trim a lot, uh, pinch a lot, prune and train those plants, um, to get the most out of a small space. All right. Well, there you go. Some, some advice for a uh, confined space growing. We hope that helps. Uh, we, we have time for just one more question. So let's go to, uh, Robert who writes, uh, hello, Danny and Mike. I'm a new listener from Texas and soon to be a grower. Uh, I plan to grow indoors, in soil, and in a tent. Uh, I've been toying with buying a complete grow box system or piecing something together myself. Now, so far, I have the major components, a tent, fan, carbon filter, pots, soil, and nutrients. But I'm struggling on a light. I would like an economical light in both cost and power usage, as well as something that isn't terribly loud when in operation. Uh, I could also use some guidance on what odds and ends I will need, like trimming, scissors, watering cans, fans, pH tester, etc. I just discovered your podcast today. I'm very excited to continue listening. I have tons of questions I'd love to ask, but I will listen to your other episodes first. Thank you so much. Um, so just right off the bat, Robert, if you're looking for the odds and ends on what you might need for a grow that you're starting out, uh, we would refer you to our last episode, which was episode 15, where Dan put together a um, beginner grower uh, shopping list. But I believe we can help you out with that lighting question. Uh, Dan, what would you say to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have a number of options and you kind of have to consider each one for what it's worth. Um, you know, my first thought was LED lighting, uh, light emitting diodes, because, you know, you asked about um, not using a lot of power, uh, but you're going to pay a little more up front. Um, I like Luminar, uh, I-L-U-M-I-N-A-R, um, as a lighting uh, company. I think uh, they have, you know, great LEDs, great HID, um, which is high-intensity discharge. Um, if you do go the LED route, like I said, you're going to pay more up front but less uh, on electricity. Then you can also do, um, you know, these amazing double-ended high-pressure sodium 1,000-watt DEs that they have, uh, you know, right under $400. Uh, if, you're, if you can deal with all the heat, you know, from a 1,000-watt light, but you can have that double-ended power, uh, HPS and uh, metal halide together, um, you're going to 
yield a ton. You're also going to pay a lot in electricity for that. So somewhere in the middle, um, I would recommend maybe the ceramic metal halide. They have one called the SE315. It's a uh, 315 watt. Um, it's about 275 bucks. Uh, you still have to get, you know, purchase the bulb, but the, 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 the ballast and the fixture and everything, um, you can do for under 300 bucks. And I think, you know, because it's a ceramic metal halide, you're going to save on electricity and, um, you know, it's enough light that you can actually yield a decent amount, um, from those 315 Watts and you're not going to get a ton of heat off of that lamp either. So, uh, my recommendation is the three, uh, CMH SE 315, uh, watt, uh, from Luminar, uh, 275 bucks or so. Um, and then you're going to have to get the three, 315, uh, single ended lamp, uh, which is sold separately and available in a, a bunch of different color temperatures based on your needs. So, um, there you go. Illuminar dot, uh, you com. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, we hope that helps you out there, Robert. And, uh, thanks for listening and enjoy those episodes. That does it for our Q and a section. If you have a question, uh, you would like to ask, uh, as always, please get in touch with us through email. That is info at growbudyourself.com. You could also reach us on the socials. Uh, he is at Danny Denko. I am at Mike Check G. The show is at Grow Bud Yourself. What do you say we take a little break, come back, and then wrap this sucker up? Let's do it. All right. Welcome back. And I think it's time to wrap up the show. Yes, let's wrap up episode 16. Yeah, right on. Well, thanks to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Thank you to Sweet Leaf Nutrients. Um, thanks to Vapor.com. Remember uh, that code GBY for Grow Bud Yourself gets you 15% off anything at Vapor.com, uh, including like Puffco Peaks, I might add, um, and a bunch of other stuff. So check them out. Um, thank you, of course, to Swerve from the Cali Connection. Uh, thank you to you guys for listening and thank you for the Patreons, the people at patreon.com slash Danny Danko that, um, are supporting us, helping us pay for the bandwidth and, and such, um, check us out on there. We're going to start giving away things. Uh, I think I have a magical butter machine that I'm going to give away once we get to 42 Patreons. I believe we're at like 38 or 37. So oh, that's coming up. Yeah, I'm going to just pick someone at random, pick a number at random, and, and that person's going to get a magical butter machine shipped right to their house for free. So Those are great, great yeah. machines. So sign up for Patreon, even at the $4.20 a month level. It's like a cup of coffee, uh, maybe a pre-roll. <laughs> um, but it really helps to support us, and we love having you guys on there, and we're also giving you uh, some exclusive content as well in videos. So thanks to you guys. Uh, Thanks to everyone on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I got on Twitch recently. Check me out on Twitch. It's Danny Danko 420. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Haven't done anything on there yet except watched other people's stuff, but I will. You know, so yeah, right on, man. Let's put this one in the books. Episode number 16, over and out. Uh, I have a recommendation, actually. Um, apropos of nothing but uh that we were doing recommendations was that, i was that yeah. a segue i guess I so you can probably do that a little <laughs> i better. guess so um